new beginning. Welcome to the Grief Dreams podcast. My name is Sean Ram. So happy to be here alongside, as always, with Dr. Joshua Black. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm feeling blessed. It's uh, it's a beautiful time to be alive, I gotta say. I'm and I'm super excited for what we're doing today. Yeah, we have uh, we're trying a new thing, a new segment, if you will. Um, we're going to do almost like an update podcast bringing on guests we've had in the dreams with us and now in this new episode new update they're going to share some new dreams that they've had so on today's first dream episode update if you will darwin dave darwin was uh first with us on episode 18. darwin welcome to the podcast again thanks for having me guys uh it's always a pleasure to be with you yeah, thanks, Darren, Darren, for coming on again. I've been, uh, you know, listening to your podcast like every episode, and it's getting better and better. And uh, but what's what's new with you? How about you just tell us what's new with you since the last time you've come on? <laughs> well, uh, last week um, I actually had my first grief dream, and it was uh, it surrounded uh, exchanging presents with my mom mm. at Christmas time. So so let's talk about your mom a little bit. She okay. recently died, correct? Yeah, she died uh, October 2nd of this year. And so what was that like for you dealing with a new loss um, since cause you're, one of your major losses since your father died, right? I remember you always telling me that you're afraid of this one because she had all the memories of your father. And she was the one that kind of resembled him. And now you always were like a little afraid that, you know, what would happened to you when she died and so what happened to you well uh, all i can say is that now that she's gone i guess i can divulge some of this information but in november of last year she was diagnosed with dementia and looking back at some things she probably had it for a while before anybody really had noticed and it was really at that time that i started to realize that this moment would come. I just didn't realize that it would come as quickly. And I'd always known in the back of my mind that in losing her, and, and I know this may sound selfish to a lot of people that are listening, but I realized that in losing her, it would be like losing my father all over again, because the only person that would really be willing to sit down and talk to me about him would be her and on the anniversary of his death every year, April 25th, we would sit down and have these long conversations and talk about him. So in talking about him, it would be keeping his memories alive. And now I no longer have that. And it's not that I miss him more than I miss her. It's now just a matter of how do I deal with her loss? And then how do I continue to keep this memory alive now that the only person that sort of helped me do that is no longer here. Yeah, it's uh, it was a shock when I heard. Even you know, me and Sean, we both sort of, um, re, you know, we definitely felt for you, and, and and we tried to reach out. And what was that like for you? Because I know this is like your first loss since starting the podcast. And you know, I know, and you're like, I remember you were saying that a lot of people were reaching out to you. What was that feeling like to you to like have this almost community around you, where like you probably didn't expect that. Well, to be perfectly honest, I was shocked. 
I knew that I would get a lot, a lot of outpouring of love from family and from friends. And one, I never realized my mother knew so many people or had touched the lives of so many people, but I was just shocked at the number of people that don't know me personally, at least from a physical standpoint, through listening to the podcast that would reach out and would offer me support. I, the extended grief community was just amazing. Uh, now, with that said, I appreciated that. But as someone who was trying to deal not only with my mother's loss and trying to put some things together for her and her aftermath and her estate, after about maybe the second week, it almost became overwhelming because I'm trying to figure out how or what I needed to do to at least to attempt to move forward and to get back to some type of normalcy after her loss. And, you know, people would just continue to come out of the woodworks with either stories about her or uh, words of condolence. And it was almost like, it was almost like I couldn't get away from it. And not, again, not that I didn't appreciate it, but that I think made it even more so overwhelming. Yeah, I can't imagine like that kind of sort of outpouring of love it's beautiful it's beautiful to see and like the the love people have for you and you haven't said like you've never met these people but yet they're there and they're there to give their condolences but like the, i said that flip side is very interesting of uh it's like going through the line at a funeral and people are, sh are shaking your hand over and over and over again and it's like okay it's time to like, it's almost like, okay, can I leave this line? You know, like it's, it right. keeps coming, you know, like, right. and, and you're like, wow, like it's amazing. You see that, but at the same time, you're trying to process and have that and want that alone time. Um, did you feel like obligated to respond back right away? Or did you like take some time for yourself before responding? I needed to take time for myself before responding um, because just because it became too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I, I started to get extremely emotional and I just sort of had to take a step back and I had to explain to people, you know, even my own family, it, it wasn't, it, it was taking a step back from everyone, not just those people that were reaching out to me that I didn't know, but it was her friends, um, our family. Yeah, I sort of had to take a step back from it all because every time I had to call and talk to someone or received another email, text message or whatever, it was almost like I was being hit over the head again with the fact that mom is gone, mom is gone, mom, and she's not here. And it would just, it would just hurt that much more. So yeah, there was a period of time after about maybe three days, I would say that I had to consciously take a step back and to say, okay, well, I'm going to give it a couple hours, maybe a day or so before I reach out to people. Um, the one thing that was helpful for me uh, is the gift of text messages. Even though I'm not one to text, I would in fact text people back after I got their messages and say, you know, I got your message, thank you, and I'll call you back when I have time. So I could at least not acknowledge the fact that I know that they had reached out to me, but it would also give me some time to get back to them when I was actually ready to have ready to have a conversation. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's really interesting, you know, allowing yourself time because of it brings back a lot of memories of kind of when I was a kid and my grandfather passed and all that. Um, also, actually, I went to two uh, friends of mine passed away at a very young age, Ahilan and Vijay, you know, rest in peace. And 
just witnessing their families go through that. You know, there was a lot of people attending the, and the families were amazing. Um, it, a lot, you know, my heart went out because they were so open to receiving people and, you know, even just hearing them speak at the funerals, um, it was a bit surprising because I never, uh, I didn't have that type of, they would have those type of, of that vibe going on, that, that celebrating and happy and everything, even, even some jokes thrown in, but kind of shows the power of those two individuals and their ability to impact those people around them. But also I think about their really, you know, their close family, their spouses and their girlfriends and what they have to now go through after, which is also a different thing, which is what you're kind of describing is, you know, maybe that fatigue sets in. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, to compound things, at least for me, is that I was there and I don't want to say alone because my aunt, my mother, sisters, and my whole family, you know, was there uh, in support and we all had lost the same person. But in being an only child, I sort of felt alone, if that sort of makes any sense. It was always me and my mom against the world. And then when she was gone, it's like, okay, well, I'm here by myself. And I understand that people are coming up to me and telling me that I have their support and that they're here for anything that I need. But again, just an immediate feeling of loneliness, an overwhelming feeling of loneliness was pretty much all I could feel for the better part of probably like about a week, you know, until I could shake myself out of it. So yeah, I I totally understand that. But, and I've always said that I'd never wanted siblings in my life, but at that point during that one week, it's like, you know, I wonder what it would be like if I actually had somebody here to help shoulder this burden with me. It's, it's uh, interesting. It's interesting. You can look at, you know, these questions I think you had throughout your podcast. And then you had a moment where you had this new loss and you're seeing things in a different light. And especially like, how would it be different, you know, having a sibling and wanting a sibling at that point? I got to admit, like you, even though you're going through this uh, difficult time, what's interesting is you kept your podcast going. Like you didn't take time off. No, I think the only time that I, the one week that I did miss was actually the day of her funeral. So the podcast releases every Wednesday. Um, she died on a Tuesday. I did actually have an episode attribute to her that, that Wednesday on the third, but her funeral was on the 10th. And not that I didn't want to, I just, there literally was no time in, meeting family members, preparing for funeral or things of that nature to actually sit down and record an episode. To be perfectly honest with you, I have found for me that the three years or close to three years, it'll be three years in December of 2019, but in the three years of doing this podcast, actually sitting down and talking about just death, my feelings and just different things around me has been therapeutic. So for me, that's that's been extremely helpful and part of my process in dealing with the different losses that I've had in the last three years. I've lost two cousins and an uncle and then now my, now my uh, mother. So there have been actually four people that I have lost, obviously none more impactful than my mom. But just in talking through that process, man, has been completely therapeutic. So 
Uh, for me, it was never an issue of taking time off because talking about it, even into a microphone, if nobody was listening, has been helpful in terms of my process. Wow, that's so cool. And it's so amazing how it is therapeutic. And I, I truly believe, too, doing this for me, just doing this podcast, I don't know about you, Sean, but I feel good after talking to people and listening to stories and even sharing some of my own stories online. And you never, you know, we didn't start out doing this as a therapeutic way, but it's it's amazing how it is and how talking about our feelings out loud and for people to listen can impact us so much. And Darwin, is it different for you? Because now like you started this new segment where you're interviewing guests now. Is it Was that a difficult shift for you to make? Um, and is it, do you still find that therapeutic for, for you as you, uh, as you move forward? Uh, yeah, it does. Um, and I've got some things. Well, yes, to answer your question, short answer is yes. And it's therapeutic for me only because after sitting down with you, you were the first person I ever interviewed. That was therapy for me because I realized in talking to you that you talk a lot about other people and their dreams, but nobody's actually ever talked about you and what you had gone through as far as your loss was concerned. So being able to give somebody a platform to say, hey, look, tell me about mom, tell me about dad, tell me about your brother, sister, best friend, whoever it is that you lost. Sit down and tell me about that person, how to make you feel, and what are some of the things that you have done to try to move forward in life or maybe incorporate your grief, your pain, or that person's story in your life. What have you done? Nobody sits down and talks to people. Um, about those types of things. You know, it's one of those things that, at, as people will tell you in your own podcast, where you get a couple of days, maybe you have to go back to work and people just expect you to be over it. And they sort of shy away from talking about the people that you lost. So for me, giving people a platform to talk about those that meant the most of them uh, is not only necessarily therapeutic, but it's great to see that other people are grateful for giving you the space to allow them to talk about things that seemingly a lot of other people won't. Yeah, it's cool. And you're, you're good at interviewing. I like the questions you ask and it seems really natural to you. And I think it's a natural progression also with dealing with your own grief. It's like, it's like, okay, like you're almost like I'm, I'm good. I am better than I was. I've healed a lot. And like, let me provide space for others to heal along the way. And so I like your format. It's like you're interviewing, you're still doing your thing where you talk about your own journey. Um, so overall, I, uh, once again, like I just, I'm amazed at how far you've come in your own journey with, with grief and loss and also what you're, how you're inspiring others to work through their own grief and how to look at things a little differently. So kudos to you. And why we got you back on today is sort of what I want to get to next. And so you, my friend, had a, <laughs> had a grief dream and not just any old, you know, grief dream. You had a negative grief dream you had way back when, but this was something different. So Darwin Dave, tell us about this new experience you had recently. Okay. Well, <laughs> I did in fact have a dream about my mother, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And it was a little strange because in this dream, well, and I know we're going to talk about traditions a little bit later. But to set that up, I need to talk about a, a tradition that we have in our family. So normally, the way things worked at our house around Christmas is that my mom and I would go to midnight mass. And after midnight mass, my grandmother would always have a gathering for everybody where she would have some wine, a roast duck, and we would just sort of hang out and celebrate. 
and we'd leave her house maybe two o'clock, two thirty in the morning, and we'd always see each other Hold late on. to explain to explain to get. Hold on, two a.m. Yeah. Yeah, how well, old, you know, how old are you guys? <laughs> I'm well, in well, by eleven. <laughs> well, well, here's the thing: you got to realize midnight mass started at midnight, so <laughs> you figure, and now some places move it up a little bit earlier, but you figure if you're in mass and you're getting out of mass at I don't know twelve forty-five, one o'clock in the morning, maybe, uh, you go, you'll sit, we'll sort of break bread, exchange, but not actually actually exchange gifts, but we just sit down, have sort of like a little light meal, and just just fellowship with family. And then later that day, we would all have a gathering probably about maybe four or five o'clock in the evening where we would then exchange gifts with the greater family as a whole. So at some point in time during the day, you would have your own um, immediate family celebration. So yourself, your mother, your siblings, whatever, you might exchange gifts, but then there'd be this gathering where everybody would get together and you would exchange gifts with the extended family as a whole. So basically the way that worked for us is at Thanksgiving, we would have like a secret Santa. So everybody would write their names, put them in a hat, you pull somebody's name. So then at Christmas time, that, that, that Christmas evening celebration, you'd exchange gifts with the person whose name that you pulled. So it wasn't like, cause my extended family is pretty large. And since nobody has that kind of money to buy gifts for everybody, it was just easier if you just simply buy a gift for one person, that's what I think it's like a $30 uh, limit in terms of the gift itself. So we would get together and exchange those gifts, have a larger meal as a family, you know, just sort of hang out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but at my grandmother's house, it was just basically get together for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. People would leave at two o'clock, two thirty, maybe max. <laughs> Uh, and that's just that's hey that's this is how we roll joshua come wow, on down you can, you can hang out sometime <laughs> i don't have to have like a power nap right before or something just to be able to hang with you guys is it well, well but but here's the thing and that 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 that's even half of it so then after after leaving my grandmother's house and since my grandmother has uh passed now 11 12 years ago i have a cousin now that has taken up that tradition so we everybody now goes to her house uh, but to finish that off, after we would leave there and go home, my mother and myself would then exchange gifts. So we would never wait till, you know, the sun came up. We would exchange gifts right then and there. So we'd be exchanging gifts at like 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning. So, <laughs> so this dream all centered around that exchange of gifts. So we were in her living room, and I had given her the gift that I was going to give her and that she had given me my gift and consciously i guess i realized that i was actually having a dream about my mother and it freaked me out to the point where i just woke up immediately so i have no idea what i gave her i have no idea what she gave me all i know is that we had our normal christmas tradition of exchanging gifts wow Wow. that's super interesting yeah and where was the location was it in in your house like where yeah yeah it was her house yeah it was back in her house uh, around the christmas tree same place we'd always do it it would always be in a living room uh right there in front of the christmas tree um she as she normally would she would come home change out of her church clothes get right into her pajamas and she would come out and bring me a gift so she was she was i distinctly remember she yeah she was wearing her pajamas that she always wore i was still dressed because i didn't get undressed until i was going to going to go to sleep so I was still wearing my church clothes, and she was in pajamas, and we exchanged gifts right there in the living room. Uh, just uh, curiosity, does she wear Toronto Raptor pajamas? No. 
<laughs> no, my mother, my mother is so not a sports fan. No, no, not at all. What's what's her attire? Only what's her what's her uh, pajama set? Um, you know what? She wore. To think about it, she just had on like some flannel PJs mm. and this robe that she has, like um, a light pinkish robe that she would always wear, um, and just a nightshirt. Oh, okay. Um, you know, and she had a variety of those. And I don't recall exactly what she was wearing in the dream, but it was yeah, it was those same set of pajamas and and that robe that she would always come out in. And how old did she look? Was she like the time that she died, or was she a yeah. little younger? Yeah, she was. Yeah, my mother died. Uh, she was seventy nine when she died. So literally, to me, she looked just like she did the day that she died. So she was uh, the older version of herself. Wow. So it would be exactly as if she was giving you a gift this Christmas. Exactly. Yes. Do you remember what her facial expression was? Like what it looked like? Uh yeah, well, yeah, she was always smiling. When she gave whenever she would give me a gift, she would come out and she would simply hand me a present and say, Merry Christmas. And we would hug. She would give me a gift and then we would open our gifts. And that's exactly what happened. Wow. Well, except for the opening of the gifts part, because like I said, I sort of freaked out and uh, I'm a little upset now because I'm really curious to see what was in those boxes. <laughs> I am too. That's like the mystery, right? Well, you know what? It is. But then as I started to analyze this, and again, I'm not the dream expert you are. To me, it was just a symbol or a sign that I could continue to celebrate Christmas and I could continue to do all the things that I would normally have done and still be happy in that process. Not that that's the way that she, well, yeah, that's the way that she would have wanted things to happen. But for me, that it's okay for me to continue to celebrate Christmas, even though she's not going to be here. So uh, for me, that was the bigger picture and, and, and the sign or the meaning that I got out of that dream. You know, just continue to do the things I've always done. And uh, it's okay to be happy. It's okay to celebrate. You know, it's okay to do all those things that people normally do around this time. You know, even though she's not here. Wow. I think it's beautiful. And it's a beautiful way of looking at that dream for yourself to allow you to be happy and very grateful this holiday season. And I think that's a beautiful tip for all the listeners who are going through this. It's like, you know, there's so much sadness usually around this time of year um, when a loved one dies. And it's uh, allowing yourself to feel happy is you know it's sometimes you need permission for it. and that's what you're saying you, this dream has given you it's a reminder that it's okay to be happy despite that she's she's dead yeah um and and i and i totally get that and i know that there are so many people out there that don't feel that way but <laughs> i i you know i just i've been graced with having an extended family that is extremely loving and everybody that is in my support system is completely understanding. And I think we all sort of feel the same way. We all just simply want to celebrate, you know, not just her life. Um, I in fact lost a cousin. One of my first cousins died probably about uh, maybe three months before my mother died. So everyone is just simply trying to keep memories alive at this point. And you, you can't do that if you don't celebrate them, right? So the only thing I can say 
is, and, and I say this every every week for the last couple of weeks now, I know that there's not a lot of people who have the same support system that I have. There are lots of people that I talk to or that write me on a weekly basis that tell me that the deaths in their families have split their families apart. And that's one thing I can't understand because every time somebody dies in my family, we all get a little bit closer. So I don't understand how the death of someone that you love causes a splinter or or a fracturing of your family, how you can't sit down and talk about boundaries that you maybe want to establish in terms of what you will and what you won't celebrate, things that you will or that you won't do. So the only thing I can do, man, is just encourage people, if nothing else, to sit down and actually listen to each other, to figure out what people want, and to maybe draw some boundaries around this this holiday season, whether it's Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it is you celebrate, you know, sit down and and either discuss, if not your differences, what you can or what you can't do. I think the hardest thing for any of us to realize, and this is probably one of the reasons why I think now back to the whole sibling thing, is that I may be glad that I don't have siblings, is that I understand that not only I'm hurting, but understand that other people are hurting as well. So my aunts, my mother's sisters, um, my cousins, her nieces and nephews, and a whole host of friends. So I can't be selfish in what I'm thinking and saying that the way that I want to celebrate or the things that I want to do are going to be the only way to do things. I've got to take all those other people's feelings about my mom into consideration as well. And we just need to come up with a healthy balance of what we will and what we won't do. Yeah, I like that. I think those are great tips for people as they approach the holiday season and being around family. And it's sometimes, you know, like I know in when I go to my family functions, my grandma, uh, grandpa died uh, a little while ago. I think it was probably four years now and three or four years. And I always like try to encourage conversation about him, right? To keep his memory alive because it doesn't seem like anyone else is like at that time. Cause everyone I think is trying to like maintain this joy. I'm like, man, there's someone missing from our family. Like, let's just like bring them up a little bit in the process. And so this is going to be the first year I'm not going to do that just because I feel that it's time for other people to almost step up. But I think it's amazing how we, when we go to these holiday seasons uh, or holiday festivities, we want to almost sometimes, you know, be like suppress our sadness and to like try to maintain this joy by avoiding the topic at Christmas time. But I think, you know, as much as we can have fun, as you're saying, and celebrate, we can also talk about them and, and we can talk about them and what we're missing. And I think that's a beautiful feeling too, is be able to bring them up in this, this time of year to not avoid that. Because if you're suffering, you're suffering, let people know, you know, cause you never know what they're going through and what allows, what, how that allows them to feel with their emotions. So every, as I was saying, every year I give these gifts to my family, like his, uh, my uncles and aunts. And it always touches them and all, it's always memorial to him in some way. And you, you start, you know, their tears start to flow and they, and they, and they, you tell they're very grateful. And like, sometimes people just need to be able to, uh, that approval to say, it's okay. We, we can feel sad in a holiday gathering. That's true. I think the one thing that most people have to be proactive at doing though, is to letting others know that it's okay to talk about those that are not here. I think sometimes that the elephant in the room, especially around the holidays, is that nobody wants to talk about the people uh, that they're missing, that have passed on. 
And once you break that ice, then I think everything else gets a little bit easier. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. So um, as we sort of move forward, um, did you tell anyone in your family about your dream that you had about your mom? Uh, no, no, oh. not at all. I haven't talked about it yet. I'll probably tell some people closer to Christmas, but I haven't talked to anybody about it yet. I mean, matter of fact, I think you two guys, well, and, and anybody who has seen my Facebook post uh, know about it, but that's pretty much about it. I haven't verbally spoken to anybody about it, no. That's going to be interesting when you do have your uh, your mass to be able to talk about that and see if anyone else had dreams, right? Like you never know what other family members' dreams will come out of the conversation. Well, it's true. And if if I know my family, I would probably venture to say unequivocally that maybe one, if not both of her sisters may have already, may have also had some. I'm not sure. They were all pretty close. And I have an aunt, I think, who may have had a dream about her probably the week that she died. I'm not sure, just based on some things that she said to me, but I'll have to investigate that a little bit further. Wow. So it becomes almost that uh, it's like a double gifting because you're going to have this, you know, Christmas get together with your family, you exchange gifts and conversations about the dreams and maybe get another gift. Mm. Sounds cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. So uh, as we're wrapping up, is there anything left you want to tell any people who are, I guess, grieving this holiday season? But you know what? <laughs> I, the only thing I can say, I just not even for the holidays, but just in general, if you're trying to support anybody, well, if you're somebody that is grieving, the only advice or suggestion I would offer would be to try to find, as I mentioned earlier, some kind of common ground between you and the other people that are in your support system in terms of how you can celebrate this holiday season. Um, don't feel guilty about being happy or wanting to be happy in the absence of their loss. Now, grief is not about dying as far as I'm con concerned. It's about living. And it's about living without those that we love while trying to keep them as close and the memories as fresh as possible. So if there's a way that you can do that this holiday season, then continue to do that. Uh, if you're someone that is supporting people that are grieving, I encourage those people to be the people that they've always been. So there's no truer revelation in that than the two people I'm talking to now. I remember that Joshua gave me a phone call, I think the day that my mother died or the day after. And uh, you did not fail to recall any of the things that she said in the interview that we had on my podcast. So there was, you know, there's this, this this big running joke between me and Joshua that my father took all of her money to run his business so that she wanted the one thing she would always say to him if she had a chance to see him would be that she wanted her money. Where's my money? So that's the one thing that Joshua actually brought to me. It's like, yeah, I wonder if she's asking your dad now where her money is. So that to me was pretty funny. And I know that um, Sean uh, talked to me either that same day or the next day. And subsequently on a podcast with one of the guests that you had, you sort of brought up how you didn't know what to say. So you just simply decided to just listen. And, you know, those are very powerful things. Sometimes you don't know what to say. Just listen. If you are someone who is always 
the person who either wants to bring some type of um, joke to a particular conversation just to lighten the mood, then do that. You know, just I would say stay in your lane. Do the things you've always done. Don't try to do anything differently because the people that are grieving, I think, can perceive that. So just be who you've always been. And if you don't want to do anything else, you know, just listen. Sometimes it's the best thing to do. So those would be my only recommendations, you know, for grievers, those trying to support people during this time. That's a that's an amazing point. And yeah, I just wanted to say that even though logically I know talk to people, you know, we all know what the right thing to do is now is to talk to someone, give them space. You don't have to say anything in that situation that uncomfortableness was still coming up. And I, 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 was, I felt so compelled to say something to help you, to say something to make it better. But you, know, you don't need to. You know, that's fine. It is what it is. That He understands. He appreciates the totality of it. And so thank you. Great point you brought up. Dude, I just appreciate you being there. I, that that to, me, to me, showing up is, is the most powerful thing. You know, the fact that I know that somebody is there for me, somebody is there to offer support, uh, for me, that's everything. So it's not necessarily about the words. It's just about the action of reaching out to me. That, to me, is more powerful than anything else. Mm. So, man, I, I'd like to take this time publicly to thank both of you for the support that you've shown myself and my family. Um, I think I've done it individually, but I like to do that publicly. You have no idea just in the friendship that we have formed over what the last year and a half, two years, how much that means to me. So um, I'd like to thank both of you at this time. Well, thanks, Darren. You know, like your words are, you know, beautiful. And it really touches me to know that, you know, we're just two guys, you know, on a on a podcast. And it's amazing how we have developed a bond and we could be there to just, you said, like, talk, listen, just show up for you to say, hey, you know, we care about you. And, you know, you're still loved in our, our circle and to, you know, to know that, you know, you, you have this, like you can do this again and pick yourself up and you have the tools. And like I said, like Sean said, like, there's nothing really we could say to, to help you. It's like, this is your journey, but we could sort of, you know, cheer you on as you complete these sort of these moments in time. And so it's just amazing that, you know, you are who you are and I'm glad that we actually got to me and I got to sort of hear a lot about your mother before she died because it'd be a different story if I just met you now. Right. Right. Well, like I said, man, I appreciate it. And thank you. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and, um, sorry, just one last thing, you know, I, I would, I would encourage people listening to this, you know, look at the people around you and everybody has had losses in their lives. So, you know, just, even in your friend circle that, you know, you, you can have these conversations if, if the time and space allows for it. We need to make time and space. Uh, the conversations need to be had. You just have to make sure that they happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I personally, and I don't want to get off too far into a tangent, but I think that personally the conversations don't happen is because those people who haven't been through some type of traumatic loss or experience think that there is a timetable or time period that these things are supposed to happen. So they don't understand that at Christmas time, maybe someone doesn't have a son or a daughter that they would be buying presents for, or there's an activity or something that they would be attending that they're not attending because their loved one isn't here. So the fact that someone 
is grieving a loss at Christmas that may have been two years ago, five years ago, or 10 years ago, doesn't mean that they're always grieving or they're always sad. They're just simply having a moment. And I think that we need to be open to having conversations about the fact that, you know, people continue to carry loss with them and they're not necessarily actively grieving from the day that person dies until the end of their own life. So I think once we can break that stigma, we can then actually begin to have a healthy conversation around grief and bereavement, you know, and, and everything that follows that. No, I like, I like what you said and and you're right. It, it allows people to refocus and realize this may only be their second Christmas without them or their third Christmas. So rather than three years, cause it seems like, well, that's a long time. They should be done to say it's the third Christmas. So third is so small, right? Or, or this is only the 10th Christmas. It's not a lot of Christmases to sort of right. process those feelings. So I think I love what you're saying there. Well, but, but there's another part to that too. Um, I have recently come, probably about the last year or so, I've come to the belief that, and this is going to sound a little bit hokey maybe, that when you lose somebody, you know, there is a new you that is born. People try to talk about this concept of a new normal. I don't, the more we talk about that, the less I believe in that concept because normal is relative. I talk to a lot of people that say that, you know, they had this perfect childhood. Well, my childhood wasn't perfect. So what you're explaining to me is not normal in my in my realm of understanding. But to get off of that tangent, it, in this case, I lost my father when I was 10. So there are 40 years of things I've gone through that have sort of helped me deal with losses as they come. My mother just died. So in in the concept of her death, in the last two months, at two months old, I'm an infant. I don't know how I'm going to feel come her birthday. I don't know how I'm going to feel when I can't pick up the phone and talk to her on the anniversary of my father's death. So these are all things I'm going to have to experience for the first time. So when you deal with that in the concept of a new loss, I think that there is a new part of you that is born that has to now somehow deal with to figure out how it's going to compensate for the fact that the person that they lost is no longer here. So I... And I don't know how you deal with that, but you're right. It's the third Christmas, the fourth Christmas, and you're never going to know how you're going to feel from year to year because you don't know what you don't know. The things that I feel about my father's loss are not going to be the same thing I feel, things I feel about my mother's loss, right? So I have to sort of process that, and I have to sort of figure things out as they come along, whether that's three Christmases from now, five Christmases from now. You know, I, so you're you're exactly right. I think it's uh, it's just amazing to, to talk about this stuff with you and you have some great insights and some great wisdom for people listening and to help them through their difficult times. Because at the end of the day, people, you said, like people don't always have that support around them to know how to sort of work through their grief in an effective manner. And I think what you're saying is beautiful and what you said in the podcast, some of the big tips or takeaways, just show up, just listen. And I think though that's amazing, um, amazing as we move forward. So as we wrap up this podcast, we always like to ask one question, Darwin, and I know you know what it is. So given, <laughs> given it's this time of year, if you could have a dream at Christmas time with your mom or dad, um, who and what would you want that dream to be? Oh, man. And you know what? I knew this was coming and I still don't have an answer. You know what, though? To be perfectly honest... This time, I would like to have, well, if I could have any dream, 
uh, probably the most pressing dream now is I like to have a dream to figure out exactly what I gave my mother and what she gave me. Uh, that's, that's that's probably first and foremost, right? <laughs> continuation of the dream. That's, that's right, the continuation of that dream. Uh, but that notwithstanding, I would probably like to have a dream with one final Christmas of the three of us, me, my mother, and my father. Um, now, where that dream would take place, I don't know, because my father ne- never lived in the home that uh, me and my mom did uh, when, when my mother uh, died. But uh, it was, so it would probably have to be then uh, with me as a child back in the place where I grew up. Again, one final Christmas uh, in our living room, just sort of hanging out as a family. I like that. I like that. And then like, so you're hanging out, they they both give you gifts and then you wake up again. <laughs> <laughs> well, but see, nah, but you know what though? If I had that kind of dream, I would already know what I've gotten. Um, because believe you me, uh, believe it or not, rather, um, I've actually started to go through my mom's house and look through some things. And I still have some gifts that my parents gave me when I was like nine, 10 years old. And one of the things I treasured the most, believe it or not, was a chemistry set that I still have in the closet in my bedroom back in my mom's house. Uh, the only thing that's missing is some litmus paper. So uh, for all of you that may, if you don't know what those were, um, Sears, JCPenney's, those, um, those stores used to have catalogs and you could order things out of them and have them sent to your home or pick them up at the store. So I had this chemistry set with a little microscope, uh, some slides that you could mix stuff, litmus papers. You can test whether things were bases or acids. You know, back before, people were scared of sending stuff in the mail that might blow up and stuff in your mailbox. But, uh, yeah, I have one of those chemistry sets still in my house. Um, I was afraid to mix anything because I have no idea. Well, that stuff is now, what, 40-plus years old. So I don't even think I would open anything that was in there, but it was just nice to see that I had it, something that was a gift from both of my parents before they passed away. Wow. Well, I always wanted one of those. You're it's not too lucky. late, John. It's not too late. <laughs> <laughs> they were a lot of fun. Yeah, the only I thing I can tell you is you had to extra order. You had to order uh, extra litmus paper. That was like the first thing to go in my house. It was uh, that stuff lasted maybe three days because I was mixing everything and testing everything. But that's cool. It's cool, like that you found a an old gift and you remembered it was a gift from way back when. I think that's fascinating. Even just thinking about, you know, the gifts that we do get and what are meaningful to us and what aren't. Because a lot of gifts you get, you forget within a couple of years and who gave it and what it was. And it's like this Christmas, like, can you, you know, can you give a meaningful gift that someone will remember? I am glad to remember your gifts. I I really do. I think that's a beautiful memory that you have and that you're sharing. Thanks. Thank you very much. All right, Sean, any last words? No, just that, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's amazing to have you on again. You know, we love hearing you. We love hearing, you know, your, your, the quality of, uh, the content that you're giving us and parents is awesome. You know, you're, you're just a good friend that, uh, we get to talk to. So it's been amazing, Darwin. Thank you. Thank you guys both again, man. I, like I said earlier, um, I thank you both for everything you've done and for all the support. I, I, I greatly appreciate it. All right. So just, uh, Darwin, want to shout out in uh, your website or your podcast again, now that people know a little bit more about you and they fell in love with you, where can they hear you more? <laughs> sure. The name of the podcast is Dealing With My Grief, and you can find me at dealingwithmygrief.com. So links to the podcast are there. 
uh, previous episodes, the whole nine yards. Nice. And I know you do. Have you got the store up and running? I know you had these bracelets that um, were actually pretty kind of cool. Uh, now, do this, you have like a, I don't know. the store itself uh, is in redesign. So I'll have uh, some grief awareness bracelets as well as uh, grief related journals and probably coming up with one or two more things. I'll leave that as a surprise, but that should be up hopefully sometime around the new year. Beautiful. All right. All right. So this is good. And I love talking uh, about the subject and I love talking and hearing about your, your new stories and what you went through. And, and hopefully this episode can be beneficial to all those listening and going through their own difficult times or they know someone else who is and just to raise a little awareness on the holiday season. So uh, just for our stuff now, please check us out on griefdreams.ca for more information. We have now updated the website and we have a donation page. So if you feel inclined, feel free to donate there. If you have Facebook, feel free to join the Grief Dreams Facebook group. And you can check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Grief Dreams. And as we always love to say in this episode and the episode prior, with love and gratitude from us to you. Introduced myself, you have introduced yourself. This is a very good conversation.